This is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. And now keeping himself with Martinez 5. He is going to be in touchdown. Adrian Martinez off the right edge. Runs in from 15 yards out tying the game. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Three sets one over the Florida Gators. Now shoots the three. Got it. Isaiah Roby nails it from three-point land. And a good time was had by all. Good Saturday morning and welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. Is there a bigger day of Husker football that you can remember over the last two decades? I don't know that I can. This is wild. So... Um, first of all, welcome. Thank you for turning down College Game Day and turning us up here on KLIN. Uh, it, it is, it's hard, I know, to, to turn away. Maybe it's just my mom listening. Hi, mom. Um, but, you know, it, this is, so there's a lot going on. And we're going to have Jack Mitchell, uh, live from College Game Day. He's going to check in with us here, uh, in a little bit, uh, a couple times actually here in this hour. Uh, we're going to get the the kind of the view from the ground level. Uh, and I actually just went down there and checked it out. Uh, the, the show started at 8. Uh, we start at 9. Plenty of time to get back over here to the station. Uh, it is packed. If you have been watching it, it is absolutely living up to all of the, the things that you thought Nebraska fans would do with College Game Day returning to Lincoln. Um, it's legit. So we're going to talk with Jack. We're going to break this game down. Uh, we're going to touch on a lot of other things that are kind of all-encompassing of this weekend. You have the facilities announcement yesterday. You have the recruiting weekend. Um, you have the Nebraska basketball opening night last night uh, with the Rick Ross concert. Uh, there's a lot going on, and it's it's pretty exciting. Uh, oh, by the way, you've got a chance to get your biggest win in a long time on the field, too. Uh, but I want to start with this. Uh, decided I wanted to go down to game day before the show started and decided I'd take my daughter. She's a second grader. She's seven. She's pretty excited. We, we got up early. We got out there and, uh, we, we went and saw game day and, and, and you see, you know, you see your typical crowd, a lot of college kids, a lot of, you know, middle-aged, you know, people, um, some, some, you know, mid thirties, late twenties. Uh, a lot of that crowd is obviously down there. Uh, but you see a lot of kids when you go down to to the college game day site too, which is um, obviously you're going to see a lot of kids. You know, parents want to take their kids out, let them experience some some pretty cool stuff. But this, it always comes back to this for me: the discussion of Nebraska football and the struggles that they've had over the last couple of decades. What comes back to me is this. I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of like a, a a little, you know, it kind of makes your skin crawl. It kind of makes you, gives you a little bit of the willies. Uh, the thought that there might be a lost generation of Nebraska kids that grow up not paying attention to Nebraska football, that grow up not, you know, focusing in on Nebraska football, that that grow up idolizing other football programs when college football season comes around. 
Because let's be honest, it's not that fun to follow a team that's not that good. And Nebraska's not been that good over the course of a couple of decades. And so you have this vacuum that's been created by the lack of a dominant Nebraska football program. And that vacuum is filled by Oregon with their flashy uniforms, with USC with their national championships, with Alabama and Clemson with their national championships. It's not cool to like Nebraska football when Nebraska football is not doing what so many of us remember Nebraska football being. And that's that's a little scary for somebody who's grown up with it around their life for you know as long as they can remember. Somebody like me, you know, native Nebraskan, and just that was part of growing up. And so the opportunity today is huge. It's it's huge for recruiting. You've got. 2020 kids, you got 2021 kids, you got a couple 2022 studs that are in town this weekend as well that are going to get college game day. They're going to be able to see how Nebraska fans show out for the premier pregame show in their town. You're going to see a primetime game in Memorial Stadium under the lights. You're going to be able to see that. You're also going to see a team that is capable of going out there and competing in this game tonight. You're going to see a team that definitely does not match up well with Ohio State on paper. Let's be honest, not a whole lot of teams do. But there are there are elements of, of what Nebraska does uh, that, that you could see going well and combine that with the crowd, combine that with Ohio State being under a new coach, combine that with... Ohio State's new quarterback not having experienced this type of road atmosphere as the guy before. And you treat you create a tremendous opportunity not just to to you know to build your momentum in recruiting, not just to get the win on the field, you know, keep keep moving this thing forward and, and challenging for the West, maybe getting to Indy. Uh the 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 real opportunity that you can have here with a win tonight is the opportunity to make Nebraska cool again. Not that Nebraska's not cool now, not that having game day on its own is is cool, because it obviously is. Nebraska can lose this game and still hold their heads up high. Nebraska deserves a chance to play in the spotlight. They're trending in a good direction under Scott Frost. Started out 0-6, but... The last 10 games, Nebraska's gone 7-3 and three with all three of those losses just by one score. Five-point loss at Ohio State, three-point loss at Iowa at the gun, three-point loss at Colorado in overtime. So you have an opportunity tonight if you're a program just in desperate need of a big win. Uh, you have an opportunity to kind of grab the next generation of Nebraska kids, like my second grader, and the other three who are you know younger, but 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 you know they're kind of starting to pay attention. 
and you have the opportunity to show them, hey, I know Oregon's got the flashy uniforms, and I know Alabama and Clemson play in the playoff against each other every single year, but don't forget about the team that plays right here in our home state. And that's that's an opportunity that's passed Nebraska by for 20 years. So this is this is not just the chance to to get a victory on the field which it obviously is. It's not just the chance to get some big momentum in recruiting. But you can get you can capture the imagination of the the children of all of the folks that are in their late 20s and and early to mid 30s. The kids that are just coming up in elementary school that you know they want to they want to be cool they want to wear the the gear that that their friends are wearing and if you want if you want that to be nebraska again this is the opportunity that you have to get that nebraska gear to be the stuff that everybody wants to wear in the hallways of elementary and middle school a win tonight would kind of solidify that and make nebraska cool again doesn't mean nebraska's back that's a whole nother discussion Everybody wants to crown all these national powers that are kind of dormant, and then you you think they're back. Is this a win? Just a single win would not bring Nebraska back, quote unquote. But if you have all of the things that are going on this weekend, just the buzz that's been building, you've got a top five team coming in here, a top five team that Nebraska hung with. For 60 minutes just last season, in a season in which they went four and eight, a top five team that is very well deserving of their ranking. They are number one in scoring offense, and they're third in scoring defense in the country. Ohio State's earned their ranking, getting them to come into Memorial Stadium. The night game, primetime, under-the-lights atmosphere. The momentum that's been building under Scott Frost. Scott Frost is just a little bit cooler than, than the last head coach that Nebraska had. There's, there's just a cool factor right now that's kind of building, and it's that, that part of it, in terms of keeping everybody kind of engaged, it's real. I I don't think you can discount how impactful it's been to have Nebraska down for as long as they have been. And sure, you've got your diehards that are that are gonna bring their kids up and 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 show them how to, you know, watch the games and and tailgate and and cheer and and know all the chants and all that stuff that comes with being a Nebraska fan. All that stuff still gets done, but it's not to the same scale that you had in the 90s, in the 80s, in the 70s, when Nebraska was winning on a national level. They were a top 10 team. They were a national title contender. They were playing for championships. They were winning conference championships consistently. It was cool to cheer for Nebraska back then. It hasn't been near as cool to cheer for Nebraska recently, even in the state of Nebraska. And so today... 
with everything that's been trending in that direction, with all the momentum and the buzz that's been happening around College Game Day coming in and putting up their set and the facilities announcement and seeing the the renderings of of everything that's going to be going on over the next couple of years over uh, by East Stadium with the new football facility and the new weight room and the training table and other practice field. All that stuff is really exciting. To have all of that happening, to have it all coincide with this one weekend, it just it, it's building to a level that you can start to really get excited about. And just to have that that to to be in the position now to to set all that up, to set it in motion, and to have a chance to get an uh, to get a win in a game like this, you could really capture the imagination of the next generation of Nebraska fans. With all the kids that I saw down down at, at college game day this morning with my with my seven year old, you can see that they are, you know, they they're kind of seeing. Hey, this is pretty cool. This is this is awesome to have college game day here. I you know ESPN is very recognizable, and and to have everybody cheering and with the the signs and the chants and the tailgating, it it there's there's a buzz. There's a cool factor that builds, and so to to have an opportunity like this. You don't get a lot of them. I'm not saying you have to win this game to do that because I think just having the atmosphere with game day and even playing it close with the Ohio State, you could still capture the imagination of a lot of these these kids of this next generation of Nebraskans. But if you actually got a win tonight, this program would go so far in in grabbing everybody that's in elementary school, that's in middle school, and say, hey, you know what? It's cool to wear that Nebraska gear. Put that Oregon stuff away. Uh, and, and I just think that it's been a long time, obviously, and these opportunities don't happen very often. And so uh, the, the chance to take advantage of it, uh, it, man, it's right there in front of Nebraska. And, and that's why this game is so important tonight. It's not just for the on the field. It's not just for the recruiting. And it's not that you need to save the, the the next generation of fans right at this moment, but you're you're almost to the point in time where it's starting to teeter uh, if you can't grab them and grab their attention again. So uh, that's why uh, I'm really looking forward to this game. There's there's so much on the line. You say that Ohio State's the one that has a lot to lose. Nebraska's got nothing to lose. I I can see that, but Nebraska's got stuff to lose too, and and it's the opportunity to capture the imagination of that next generation of Husker fans. Um, as I mentioned, I was down there at College Game Day uh, earlier this morning, and uh, down there right now uh, is KLIN's Jack Mitchell. He's down there with his son as well, I believe. Uh, we're going to check in with Jack. Jack, what is going on down there by East Stadium? Hey, Cole. I, I, uh, I am, we're just catching this coming back to a break, so it's going to get really loud here. So uh, I'm not going to be able to hear you at all, but I will tell you this <laughs> from down here. It is packed. I've, we are, uh, I am about, oh, I don't know, 200 feet from the back of the stage right now. So you probably can see me on TV. I've got a red hat on. So check me out. Uh, oh, yeah, there you are. Yeah, yeah, I'm the one with the red hat. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, the, the turnout is huge. Uh, it's incredibly loud. Um, I got a chance to see some of the best. First of all, the funniest sign I saw was one that just had to score the Nebraska Creighton basketball game on it. Yes. And, uh, nothing else. Uh, there was uh, Ryan Day orders his steaks well done. Uh, that was a good one. Uh, let's see. We've got, 
We've got a little one. Yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah. And uh, Ryan, Ryan Day, he's sitting down. That was also a good one yep, as well. Yeah, saw but, that. Yeah, it's, it's interesting being here right now. First of all, number, number one, with the sun coming up in the uh, east like it always does, fans are looking right into it. So people who didn't bring sunglasses are regretting it right now. <laughs> uh, but it's cool when they, do, when they do segments on Nebraska, which looks like they're going to do another one here. The crowd does get very quiet. So you can watch it and try and hear it. But, uh, man, I, it is. It looks like it's tacked all the way back from where the, the setup is at the Coliseum all the way back to the front of the stadium. I have no idea how to even estimate the crowd size at this point, but it is uh, it is really big, and I think they're about to come in for break, so it's going to get loud. Yep, here we go. Here, I'll let you listen. There you go. Yeah. So, so they are just coming back from break, and, and sorry if I can't hear you, Cole, but uh, I just want to let people know, uh, I know game day will wrap up here uh, at 11, and if people are staying downtown and they're thinking about hanging out downtown, a great place to go will be the Cornhusker Marriott. You and I will be down there uh, today for their their patio tailgate party, which is great. Got the Killigans, got the alumni pep band, and the team will be departing from the hotel to get to their buses shortly after 4 o'clock. So we'd love to see everybody out there, and we'll be doing some call-ins there as well. And all our call-ins today are brought to you by your local Lincoln Arby's location. Arby's, we have the meat. <laughs> Very nice. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, Jack. We'll check in with you again later, all right? Sounds good. All right, that's Jack Mitchell down at the site of College Game Day uh, at the East Stadium by the Coliseum. Uh, it, it, yeah, I, like I said, I was down there right when, it, right when the, uh, the show started up. It was pretty wild, and uh, um, it, it is... It, it's it's quite the scene right now. So, all right, we're going to hit our first break here uh, on the show. And uh, Jack mentioned uh, a couple of signs. That was uh, uh, we we uh, we took a, a we took note of a few as well. Uh, I will go over uh, some of my favorites that I saw that you've probably been seeing some on TV as well. A um, lot of stuff to break down in terms of the game itself. I uh, want to hit on both the offense and defense things to watch in the game tonight. Uh, and uh, we will hit all of that uh, and check in again with Jack down at College Game Day uh, a little bit later on in the show again. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for turning down game day and turning up the radio. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Back after this. Back here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Thanks so much for joining us. I know it's hard to uh, tear your ears away from College Game Day this morning. What with it being here in Lincoln, Nebraska and all. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we appreciate you listening. I'm Cole Stukenholtz, your host. Uh, if you missed the last segment, Jack Mitchell checked in live from College Game Day. Uh, we're going to check in with him again uh, around 945. And uh, we will do that later. Uh, wanted to touch on uh, a few more of the signs that we saw uh, when uh, when my daughter and I were down there at College Game Day. Uh, there's always some great signs. And uh, these were some of my favorites. Uh, there was the, uh, the, the Scott Frost uh, scares Chuck Norris. That's pretty good. You got your Chuck Norris joke. Um, even LeBron left Ohio. I think that's probably been done before, but that's funny. Uh, this was this was a really good one. This was not on a sign. This was kind of on a uh, uh, the cover of a tent. Uh, there were a few tents in the in the back part of the parking lot. Uh, this said, "Lee drinks free. Kirk drinks for ten bucks." Reference to the the couple of college game day hosts. Uh, like that a lot. Uh, and then this was my personal favorite. What do Nebraska and Iowa have in common? They're both obsessed with Nebraska football. That's good. That's really good. I like that a lot. Very nice. Very nice. All right. Um, let's let's dig into a, a little bit of the matchup here. So there's there's a game going on today. 
it's not just all this crazy hoopla and, and buzz and there's actually at 6.30, you're going to have a game. One thirty pregame, of course, right here on KLIN. Ohio State is just blowing everybody away. They've played four games, Florida Atlantic, Cincinnati, Indiana, and Miami of Ohio. They played the Hoosiers on the road. That's not an intimidating atmosphere. They won that game 51-10. to uh, 45-21 over Florida Atlantic. I think they led 42-0 at half. Uh, 42-0 was the final against Cincinnati and uh, Miami of Ohio. That was 76-5. to um, They're top 10 in score nationally. Top 10 nationally in scoring offense, total defense, scoring defense, rushing defense, third down defense, red zone defense, and they're 13th in rushing offense. You have Justin Fields running that show, 13 passing touchdowns, no interceptions. He's got six rushing touchdowns, almost 200 yards on the ground, completing 69.5% of his passes. Justin Fields is the real deal. He was a five-star recruit, went to Georgia, transferred to the Buckeyes after Jake Fromm won that job in Athens, and, and Justin Fields has been as advertised as the guy leading the charge for Ohio State. J.K. Dobbins, he's the running back, 483 yards on 68 carries, seven yards per carry, five touchdowns. Their, their backfield is, is intimidating, and they run it really well. They've always had really good lines uh, since Urban Meyer got there. It's no different now. And, and they've got some real weapons in the pass game, too. K.J. Hill and Benjamin Victor are their main two receiving targets. They have uh, five total touchdowns combined between the two. Both of them right around the 200-yard mark. Victor's got 17.3 yards per catch. So does Chris Olave. Uh, on 13 and 14 receptions apiece for those guys. Look, the way that Nebraska is going to win this game is going to be keeping the big plays down, keeping things in front of them. They're probably going to w- have to win the turnover battle too, which is not something Nebraska has done much lately, especially last week when they were minus three, still found a way to win. But to to be able to force turnovers is... I think that's kind of the difference maker for Nebraska. They were able to do it at least twice in each of the first three games. They only forced one last week against Illinois. They got the the interception on a third down. It was essentially a punt. Um, Cam Taylor-Britt with that pick. JoJo Doman did force a fumble. Uh, just about forced another one on that weird play where the offensive lineman didn't move. Um, but that's I, that's, I think, where Nebraska is going to be able to make some hay um, if they're going to win this game. If you can win the turnover battle, even if it's one nothing or two to one, can be a difference maker for for the Huskers. That's kind of the matchup when Ohio State's on offense. Uh, when Nebraska's on offense, Ohio State's got some studs on the on the defensive side. Uh, it starts and ends with Chase Young. He's got seven sacks this season, leads the nation. Um, he's got fourteen total tackles, and he's going to be a he's going to be a problem off the edge. Uh, you've you've had You've not had terrible sack numbers uh, just as the fault of the offensive line. I think a lot of the sacks this season, uh, if you're looking at numbers Nebraska's given up, has mostly been uh, a product of Adrian Martinez just kind of holding the ball a little too long. Um, but you've you've had Brendan Hymas deal with an injury. He got kicked in the calf in that game uh, against Northern Illinois. He did, I think he played every snap against Illinois. Um, but 
you kind of wonder about whether or not he's going to be able to go 100%. Uh, the way that the way that offensive line is played, uh, it's kind of been up and down. Cam Jurgens has had uh, some nice games, but he's also struggled. Uh, we all remember the first game of the season against South Alabama, struggle with the, the snaps. That kind of came back to him again, uh, putting those snaps a little high against Illinois. Uh, Martinez is kind of hopping on those snaps just to make sure that's not great. You, you kind of throw the timing off, and this offense is really based on timing. Uh, so that offensive line obviously needs a big game. Uh, and those tackles, Farniok and, and Hymas, uh, they're going to be dealing with Chase Young off the edge. What I really look for in terms of trying to neutralize him, and you go back to the second half of the Illinois game when Nebraska had to come back, zone read. Adrian Martinez can put that defensive end in conflict. You can run that zone read to chase end side of the field. And it's the really simple concept. Everybody's blocked except that defensive end. And then that quarterback is just reading where that end goes. If he goes with the back, Adrian pulls it and goes on the other, goes the other direction. If that, if, if chase young is, is keying on Martinez and staying with him, Martinez gives it to the back. The back can go and make that cut and get up the field. So that zone read, I think, can be a real weapon to use against Chase Young. Um, you don't want to have to be in a lot of obvious passing situations as well. So getting getting yards on first down is going to be key. Uh, and, and running against Ohio State's front is not going to be easy. So I'm going to be interested to see how much Nebraska passes on first down. They haven't done it a lot early in games. From what I've seen early in games, it's been a lot of running on first down, and I wonder if that's going to stay the same or if they're going to kind of break tendency in this game to try to pick up chunk yardage on first down uh, or at least get a, a few more yards than you would on a, a, on a run play that gets stuffed at the line so you don't set yourself up for an obvious pass down like a second and nine, a second and eight, uh, third and seven, and, and so on. Also, Nebraska needs their full complement of weapons available to them. Uh, you're not sure about the status of Maurice Washington, but all, all, I, I, from what I heard through practice this week, he was able to go. So Maurice Washington should be available. Scott Frost said as much. Um, you got Diedrich Mills as well. He's not a burner, but he's going to be able to maybe get you some tough yardage. And how much does Wandale play at the running back spot? 27 touches. In that Illinois game, 22 of them after halftime when Maurice Washington was out and Dedrick Mills was only able to play a few times, just to play a few snaps, uh, dealing with his own injury problems. Uh, so Wandale can shoulder some of that load too. Frost also said they need him at wide receiver. He can't just be in the backfield because your depth at receiver is not that great. But how many touches does Wandale get? How many snaps does he play out of the backfield? He's obviously a great receiving threat, but I think there's another dimension to what types of things he can do from the backfield because if he's coming out of the backfield, he's not going to necessarily be matched up with a corner or a nickelback. He's going to be matched up with a linebacker, and you certainly like that matchup seeing what Wandale's quickness can do um, against a linebacker or a DB for that matter. And then in the pass game, look for J.D. Spielman to do his thing. He went off against Illinois, seven catches for 159 yards. 
Jack Stoll had a had a nice play on uh, on third down on that in that second half. It was uh, I believe the second drive of the second half right after Illinois scored. Uh, they went up by 14 for the third time in that game, uh, and Stoll had to make a catch and bail bail Martinez out on a, a throw behind him. Jack Stoll could be a factor in this game. Nebraska hasn't utilized the tight end a lot this season, uh, but when they have, it's looked like it's been effective. Maybe get Austin Allen involved a little bit too. Use that use that guy's size a little bit more. Uh, but but Chase Young is is going to be the one to watch. Number two on Ohio State's defense. Can Nebraska keep him at bay? Keep him from having a huge game if he gets going early. That that Ohio State defense is going to smell blood in the water, and they're going to start to come after Nebraska uh, a lot more. Um, and and I'll I'll touch on this a little bit more later in the show, but Ohio State. In their in their big losses the last couple of years, they have won the Big Ten two years in a row, but they have big losses to West Division foes on the road on their ledger each season. They lost at, at Iowa in 2017, and then the last year they lost at Purdue. And both of them were hang with Ohio State early, maybe take a little bit of a lead by half, keep them at arm's length, and then it ended up being a blowout. You know, Ohio State's got a lot of expectations on their shoulders. They get down a little bit. They they will not have been in a position like that. And then that crowd stays in it. That crowd you know gets even more intensified. A little bit more pressure on Ohio State. Nebraska plays a little bit more loose, a little bit more confident. Uh, and things can kind of snowball in the right direction for Nebraska and in the wrong direction for the Buckeyes. So those are, those are a few things to watch for uh, in the game tonight. Uh, we got plenty more coming up here on the KLI and Husker Hour. How's Nebraska's offense improved over this season? What do they still have to work on? Same on defense. And we'll check in with Jack Mitchell live from the site of College Game Day on East Stadium. Uh, We'll do all of that as we continue on here. It's the KLIN Husker Hour here on KLIN. Husker football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. Back here on the KLIN Husker Hour on a huge day here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Huskers taking on the Buckeyes tonight under the lights at Memorial Stadium. That's a 6.30 kickoff and pregame starts right here on KLIN at 1.30. I'm taking you up to 10 o'clock. By the way, when we are in pregame, Jack Mitchell and I, as always, for home games, we will be live at the Cornhusker Marriott Hotel, uh, giving you some live updates from there. Uh, that's where Nebraska stays overnight, and that's where they board the buses to head over to Memorial Stadium. Um, the Killigans are playing there. Uh, it's a really fun time. Come out if you can. Say hi to us. We'll be set up on, at a table right up front there uh, and uh, stay and, and, and check out the, band, the, the team coming out. Uh, the alumni pep band plays. Uh, they usually get to the buses about 2 hours and 15 minutes, roughly, uh, before kickoff. Uh, so that would put you about 4.15 when the team will board those buses uh, and then they head over to the stadium. So uh, come on out. That'll be fun. Um was talking earlier in the show about how uh, I had a chance to go down to college game day um, early because I've obviously got this show from 9 to 10, so can't stay for the whole 8 to 11 time period. Game day obviously still going on now. Um, but uh other fun part was uh decided, hey, you know what? I'll take my oldest. I'll take my seven-year-old out there with me. She's in second grade. 
Um, she's pretty excited. Uh, brought her to game day with me and brought her into the studio with me. Uh, she wanted to talk. I finally got her to, to open up here. Can you say hi? Hi. Did you have fun down at college game day? Yeah. What was your favorite part? My favorite part was when I saw when, when, when I got on your shoulders. Oh, when you got on my shoulders? Yeah. Could you see better? Yeah. Did you like all the signs everybody had? Yeah. Well, some of them pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Is it is it pretty cool to wear Nebraska stuff at school? Uh, yeah. Kinda? Yeah. Do you see other teams, too, sometimes? Yeah! You do? Yes. Would you like to see more Husker stuff? Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for talking. That's. Can you say your name? Evelyn. And you go by? Evie. Yeah. That's Evie. That's my oldest. Well, thank you for saying hi. Everybody's very excited to hear from you. You can talk. Your microphone's on. Oh. <laughs> All right. All right. So, yeah, as I said earlier, this this next generation of fans, they are they're just seeing a different side of Nebraska football with game day back in town. It's been it's been 12 years. It's it's been a long time since Nebraska had this type of platform, this type of attention. And look, Nebraska's had, you know, they were ranked in the top 10 for a week in 2016 uh, before that overtime loss at Wisconsin. Uh, they've been ranked in the top 10 in 2010 and 2011. Uh, they've played for the Big Ten Championship. Uh, they've played for Big 12 Championships a couple times. Uh, Nebraska's had other primetime games. They, they just haven't been able to take advantage of the opportunities when they've gotten there. And... I, I, I've I've had this conversation with friends here and there about what will it take for Nebraska to actually be back, and just just a single win is not going to do it. You can't fall into the trap of of you know Texas beating Notre Dame a couple years ago and Joe Tessitore yelling that Texas is back in the middle of the game or uh, Nebraska beating Arizona thirty three to nothing in the Holiday Bowl in two thousand and nine and declaring that Nebraska's back. You know, it, it it takes more than just that. In my opinion, it takes a late game both teams still in it for uh, a chance to go to a championship game, you know, both teams ranked, both teams top twenty, top fifteen, uh maybe even away from home. Like both teams have to have something on the line. And and it's got to be far enough into a season to where you know that that Nebraska team is number one for real. Their opponent is for real. There's there's stuff that still can be won. Like winning a game like that after you've already built momentum through the season. Maybe it's a clincher for the division championship to get to Indianapolis. Maybe it's just winning the conference and and that's what gets you back. But it takes more than a single game, and certainly more than just a win at home. Um, you got to be able to win on the road, uh, which, hey, first time in nine games, Nebraska did that last week, even though it took uh, a Herculean effort to overcome four fumbles lost. Uh, but that's the type of thing, I think, that gets that, that you could kind of define as Nebraska being back. It's, it's winning a big game late in the season where Nebraska and their opponents got something on the line. If Nebraska's playing Iowa for the West Division Championship and both teams are in the top 20, in the top 15, uh, maybe even in the top 10. That would obviously be a, a lot bigger game. Uh, but that's the type of thing I think it would take. Um, simply winning one game won't do it. But with all of the things that are happening this weekend, man, it's just a huge opportunity to kind of win the hearts and minds 
uh, of that next generation uh, of Nebraskans to to keep them from you know not being as fired up about Nebraska football to keep them engaged to keep them involved uh, to keep them bought in. Uh, to keep them from going out and buying more Oregon gear or buying Clemson and Alabama gear. Uh, get them to buy Husker gear because Nebraska can be that cool program again if you get a win like this. If you have game day in Nebraska uh, uh, maybe a little bit more often than once every 12 years. If you have primetime ABC games under the lights. If you have more appearances on on on, on Sports Center on college game day. If you have more you know, interviews with those ESPN personalities with Scott Frost and Adrian Martinez and Wandale Robinson. That's the type of stuff that builds your program back up to a place that's, you know, for lack of a better word, cool again. That's how you do it. And today is just a tremendous opportunity for that. Um, Next segment, I want to dig into uh, some of the things that Nebraska has done better since the season started and some of the things that they can still improve on. I've got hits on offense and defense for both of those, uh, just evaluating those first four games that the Huskers have already in the rearview mirror um, and, and how they can use that going forward. And next segment, we'll check in again with Jack Mitchell, who's going to be live down at College Game Day. We'll do that all when we come back here. This is the KLIN Husker Hour, 1400 KLIN. Talking with current and former Huskers and those who cover the Big Red. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. KLIN Husker Hour here on a huge game day Saturday. Stick with 1400 KLIN for just about all day. We're back on uh, with pregame at 1.30. Jack Mitchell and I will be down at the Cornhusker Marriott uh, throughout game uh, the uh, the game day pregame show. Uh, and then, uh, of course, kickoff is at 6.30. Um, you can hear all that right here on KLIN. Okay, wanted to get dig into stuff that Nebraska's improved upon just in this season in terms of offense and defense. So let's start with defense. They were the whipping boy last season. The offense got it going. Uh, but the defense just couldn't do it, and and they, they were just kind of getting drug along. They were trying to keep up, right? That was the kind of the narrative. Um, this is what I've seen from the defense so far this year. Um, you're getting contributions from a lot of different players. Last year, I don't think you had near the depth that you've seen this season. Uh, starting a defensive line, I mean, obviously you had the Davis twins. Um, you were struggling to find a, a, a more consistent nose tackle. Um, you had Mick Stoltenberg as one of those guys. He was a captain last season, uh, but he wasn't able to go every season. He was kind of uh, in and out of it with injuries. Uh, you've had Darian Daniels, obviously, as a grad transfer, be a huge addition. You've gotten more snaps from DeAndre Thomas and Damian Daniels as well. Um, so you can go th- a full too deep across those three positions on the defensive line. That's been a big addition uh, to this defensive arsenal. Uh, at linebacker, Mo Berry, you know what he's you know you know what he means to this defense. He's kind of struggled the last couple of games. He actually did not even lead the team in tackles last game. That was Markel Dismuke, um, but he's still pretty consistent. You hope he uh, you know can make a few more splash plays. Uh, maybe starting today. Uh, but the development of Will Honus and Colin Miller inside has been awesome. Both of those guys have had um, really good games, especially Will Honus against Illinois. Um, he had a really nice game. Uh, and then uh, at outside linebacker, you've seen contributions from Alex Davis, uh, from JoJo Doman, from uh, Tyron Ferguson. 
uh, Caleb Tanner's made impact. So all four of those guys have, have really come along, especially Davis. Uh, you really hoped for him his senior season that he'd be able to turn it on, and it seems like he has. Uh, and then at, at DB, man, you can't ask for much more than what Lamar Jackson and DiCaprio Boodle have given you. Uh, yeah, they're they're not going to play perfect. They've been beat on a couple of plays, but um, you know the, the deep bass against Colorado comes to mind, but Lamar Jackson had really good coverage in that game. Uh, people just don't throw DiCaprio Boodle's way because uh, he's he's pretty good at what he does. And then at safety, you've dealt with injury. Deontay Williams was the one guy that you knew coming into the season was going to start, and he goes out in the opener, and he's done for the year. Uh, but to have Eric Lee step up, to have Cam Taylor Britt uh, go in and fill a role back there, and, and Markel Dismuke has played pretty consistently too. Um, so all of the defense, I think, depth has been a huge addition. Uh, and then last week, seven three and outs against Illinois. In a game that you had to have the defense step up, they really only gave up two drives in that game. It was the first drive of the first half and the first drive of the second half. Other than that, the touchdown drives for Illinois were 37 yards, 14 yards, and 2 yards off of fumbles and bad field position uh, and the like. And they did stop Illinois on yet another fumble that was inside their own 40. Um, The Blackshirts bowed up and forced a punt. Um, so that was huge, and so there's improvements on the defense. Offensively, uh, some of the wrinkles that you saw last week, I think, are a reason to be pretty excited. You saw the direct snap to Maurice Washington a couple times. Uh, that was a pretty cool addition, and I think you'll see more of that going forward. Uh, the QB run game was huge. Uh, Adrian Martinez had to take over that game at a certain point, and he was able to do that over 100 rushing yards, uh, and, and a majority of those in the second half. And then what more can you say about Wandale Robinson? I mean, having him added to the offense, being able to see him step up the way he did, especially with Maurice Washington on the shelf, unable to go in that second half, um, those are some big improvements by the offense. Some things that you need to see better defensively, you know, they're they're not great in some of the statistical categories, but we've, you know, if you look at scoring defense, for instance, uh, Nebraska's not great there, but they've been put in really bad spots. Five of the 12 touchdowns that the defense has given up the drives for the opponents have been less than 41 yards to get into the end zone. That's not on the defense. That's on field position and turnovers and things like that. Uh, So you can't blame the defense for that. I would say big plays is where Nebraska's defense needs to improve. You saw the first touchdown for Illinois was a second play of the game. Uh, You you can't have a bust like that happen um, in in really any game, but especially in a game like Ohio State coming in. Uh, You can't give up a, a big play like that to them. Um, offensively, uh, really the, the main thing is the turnovers. You've got to clean up the fumbles. 127th in fumbles, 129th in fumbles lost. That's the offense. If you can clean that up, if you can keep the ball from going on the ground today, you're going to give yourself a chance to win. That's the big factor for this offense. You know they're explosive. Um, they're top, they're top 25 uh, top 20, top 15, if you go in uh, in terms of yards that, that or plays that go at least 10 yards, 20 yards, 30 yards, 40 yards. Um, they've got plays that, that run the gamut. They've got, I think, five plays of over 40 yards. So you you have explosive plays, but you, you can't have the turnovers that go with it. Uh, you got to be a little bit more consistent on offense. Those are the things that I've seen in terms of growth through the season uh and then things that are you know maybe rearing their ugly head and things that you can kind of clean up as the season goes along
Um, let's go back out to College Game Day's uh, site over at East Stadium. Jack Mitchell's out there uh, with another live report. Uh, let's check in. Uh, Jack, what's going on out there now? Hey, we're in a commercial break. I think I can hear you a little better this time. But, uh, boy, the crowd keeps growing. As I'm sure you all who are watching it, well, I'm sure you've got it on in there. You can see. Can you see the zip back all the way up to the stadium? Yeah. Uh, now at this point on the aerial shots. Yeah, we my my daughter and I were over by the uh, the Hall of Fame area by the columns. Um, the columns yeah. extended out uh, to the east, and we we got there. We were at the end of those columns. That was about seven thirty, and by the time we walked away, at about eight fifteen, um, we had to go about halfway through back to that Pizza Hut area, and it was all people were all the way back stacked to that. Yeah. I've got no idea what the number is, but it continues to be. Uh, this day, it's, it's uh, boy, it's just going to be something here at Lincoln with this going on. And they just teased Gabrielle Union coming here, and the crowd went nuts for that. They had some cool moments earlier. Jack Hoffman came up with Andy Hoffman uh, and, and did a little interview, and that was really cool. So everybody's pumping. You can hear the Gobi Grant chant going in the background here. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, boy, I, I'll, I'll tell you what, this is just going to set the what, – what I really hope, though, is that the fans are able to keep up the energy for a long day like this, right? Yeah. I mean, a lot of these folks were out here, as you know, at uh, 6, 7 a.m. We were out here shortly after 7 a.m., and uh, that's going to be a full 12 hours of getting ready before the game. So pace yourselves, hydrate today, <laughs> right? Take a nap if you need it, because I think Scott Frost mentioned again in his interview with Game Day that he's really going to need that crowd, especially on third down. So yeah. it's going to be... As you can see, things are getting rockets again, or here, it's getting rockets again as we come back from break. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, they they will need to get mix a nap in there and, and yeah, stay hydrated. That's a good point too. Yeah, yeah what absolutely. Yeah. Well, um yeah, I was just gonna say it, I, I think that the, the signs that, that are uh that are showing so far, uh everybody like the we driving in, it was seven AM and the the streets look like it's almost getting out of school time. Like the whole town yeah, is already awake. It's the buzz is unreal right now. Yeah, it, it was absolutely crazy and you can feel it down here. The, the signs are great. I've taken a picture uh, of all some of my favorite ones, so uh, yeah. make sure to check out my Twitter feed for that. Hey, one other reminder, too. Uh, you and I are going to be out at the Cornhusker Marriott today. Starting about 2 o'clock, they're going to have their big patio tailgate going on. Free to attend. You can also buy food and drinks there. Killigans will be playing. The alumni pet band will be there. And the team will be exiting the stadium. You can give them your well wishes. As they enter the, or excuse me, as they enter the buses. Sorry, it's getting loud again. I just want to mention <laughs> Collins today, where I'm talking to you, uh, are brought to you by your local Lincoln Arby's location. Arby's, we have the meat. Thanks a lot, Cole. We'll talk to you again this afternoon. All right. All right. Awesome. Thanks again, Jack, for tuning in or for uh, calling in, and uh, we appreciate the updates from live at game day. Absolutely. Later. All right. That's Jack Mitchell uh, from KLIN uh, live on the set of College Game. Not on the set. Um, out at the site uh, of College Game Day. Uh, we're going to take our last break here, and uh, when we come back, we'll wrap this thing up. It is just about time to uh, be done for now, but stick with KLIN. Uh, we're going to be back on with the pregame at 1.30. Jack and I will be live from the Cornhusker Marriott. Uh, we'll check in uh, on the air a few times from there, uh, and game time is at 6.30 tonight. Huge day in Lincoln. Hope you're ready for it. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Something. Your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN.
All right, wrapping this thing up here. Cole Stukenholtz with you on 1400 KLI, and this is the KLI and Husker Hour taking you up to 10 o'clock, and then uh, we will be back, uh, Jack and I, at the Cornhusker Marriott with live updates during game day, uh, during uh, the the KLI and pregame show. College game day will continue on, uh, of course, until 11, uh, so you can turn the volume of the TV back up here when we're done. Thanks for turning that volume down and listening to us for uh, a few minutes here this morning. We appreciate it. Uh, look, this is going to be a pretty fun day. Um, the the game day crowd has been unbelievable. Just looking at the way uh, Nebraska fans showed up, you had no doubt, obviously, but it's still awesome to see uh, the scene down there. Uh, and I don't know where they're all going to go. I don't know if they're just going to hang out around the stadium. I uh, hope they brought food or they've got a you know somebody picking them up or whatever their plans are. But um, it's it's going to be a long day. Jack's right. You got to pace yourself for this one. Um, so. The, the keys tonight, again, I think it's it's turnovers, both offensively and defensively. If Nebraska can win that battle, maybe even play it even, um, then I think that's a huge advantage. It's pretty obvious, yes, but, I mean, it's even more so for Nebraska. You can't be, you can't be losing the turnover battle to a team that's got significantly more talent, significantly more big game experience, um, and, and a team that's been there before in Ohio State, so... Um, get the turnover battle on your side, and you give yourself a really good shot. And then explosive plays. Look, both of these teams are are really explosive. Ohio State, Nebraska, both of the offenses, um, they've got great numbers in terms of those big plays. If Nebraska's defense can limit those a little bit, that's that's kind of the thing that they've struggled with, I think. Keep things in front of you. You, you, you give yourself a chance. Both teams are great on third down, too. Third down is a thing that we talked about yesterday on the Friday Husker tailgate with Brennan Stye. That crowd, that crowd's going to come to life if the Blackshirts get a big third down stop or if Nebraska uh, on offense maybe gets a score on a third down or, or keeps drives moving. Plenty to look for. It's going to be a big day. Enjoy it. My pick, uh, I, I think Ohio State ends up winning it, but it'll be uh, close, 38-27. Nebraska will cover but not quite get the win. Maybe I'm wrong. We shall see.